Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter, and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Saturday, June 10th. We'll start it off as always with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. Kicking it off with our IL placements, second baseman Jorge Polanco of the Twins was placed on the 10-day IL with a strained left hamstring. Polanco will hit the IL for the second time already this season. The first time he was forced to miss the first three weeks of the season, and reports suggest this strain is worse than that first one, so he'll likely be forced to miss more than the minimum 10 days. To replace him on the roster, Edouard Julien was recalled. He's been unable to replicate his exception minor league plate discipline in his two stints of the majors so far this year, but the power will still be evident either way. He'll see everyday ABs in Polanco's absence. First baseman Vinny Pasquantino was placed on the 10-day IL with right shoulder instability. He'll undergo an MRI tomorrow to determine the timeline for his return. The Royals already have an in-house option to replace him with Nick Prado set to fill in at first base. Elsewhere, outfielder Jake Fraley of the Reds was placed on the 10-day IL with a right wrist contusion. The injury doesn't seem too serious, so it probably won't be an extended absence for Fraley. TJ Friedel was activated from the IL in a corresponding move after missing time with a strained left hamstring earlier in the year. He's shown an ability to crush righties while adding a speed component to his game, so he's definitely someone to at least place on your watch list. And lastly, Ben Joyce, a reliever for the Angels, was placed on the 15-day IL with ulnar neuritis. Joyce is set to undergo MRI to determine the severity of that injury, but generally elbow and forearm injuries aren't promising, especially for pitchers that throw as hard as Joyce does. He'll likely not pick up a baseball for a week or so and then go from there. In terms of transactions, relief pitcher James Karinchak of the Guardians was optioned to the minors. Surprisingly, the move is curious given Karinchak's success over the past few years as well as in recent weeks. After a blowup in his first outing, he's been lights out since April Fool's Day, pitching to a 2.96 ERA and a 34% K rate across 27 and a third innings with the bullpen's second best stuff plus while pacing the team with 12 holds and leading the majors in appearances. So this may just be a chance to get Karinchak some rest, but it's definitely an unexpected move. Relief pitcher Luis Garcia of the Padres was activated from the 15-day IL. He has returned from a left oblique strain and he'll immediately return to being a top setup option in a San Diego pen depleted by injuries. And lastly, catcher Joey Bart of the Giants was activated from the 10-day IL and immediately optioned to the minors. He had been out for a while with a groin strain, but Patrick Bailey and Blake Sable have filled in admirably in Bart's absence and have earned the right to remain on the roster. It'll be interesting to see if Bart makes it back this year. 
Now we'll take a look at the notable performances from Saturday, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games. We'll start it off with our hitters, leading off with Corey Seager in Tampa Bay as he helped his team to a win, going a perfect 5-for-5 with two runs scored, a home run, a double, and four RBIs. That was his seventh home run of the year, and it traveled 387 feet. It's still early in Seager's campaign due to an extended IL stint, so this perfect night boosted his batting average 27 points to 352. Seager was the poster boy this offseason as the player expected to receive the biggest boost from the shift ban, and so far that has proven true. After a 242 BABIP held down his numbers last year, it's all the way up to 384 this year, and while that obviously won't stick, he'll surely be luckier on balls in play throughout the season. Batting in the top three of the strongest lineup in baseball will provide him plenty of run scoring opportunities and Seager looks to be producing the most impressive batted ball metrics of his career. So a career year is in progress as long as Seager maintains any semblance of health the rest of the way. Trevor Larnick of the Twins helped his team to a win in Toronto going two for five with two runs, a home run, an RBI, and a steal. It was his sixth homer of the year and his first steal. The home run had an exit velocity of 104 and a half miles per hour. And with just the second stolen bag of his career, Larnick earned the only combo meal on Saturday. Larnick fits the mold of slow moving three true outcome slugger he'll always provide plenty of pop having posted a double digit barrel rate for his career with impressive max exit velocities but his main problem resides in his tendency to swing and miss larnick struck out more than 33 percent of the time in his first two major league stints prior to this year and it's gotten even worse this year as he's striking out more than 34 percent of the time in 2023 it's really an unsustainable approach and will lead to dismal batting averages going forward but with so many injuries in minnesota larnick has ownership of the strong side of the left field platoon right now i don't think he's more of an ale only league play until he gets those strikeouts under control. And lastly, we have Jose Abreu in Cleveland helping the Astros to a win, going two for five with a run, a home run, and three RBI. It was just his third home run of the year, but it did travel 420 feet with a 109 mile per hour exit velocity. And to put it lightly, it's been an awful season for Abreu. He's been unable to do any damage with his bat and is striking out more than ever. His stat cast metrics are all ice blue and his results are suffering. However, there's a faint light shining at the end of the tunnel with a home run yesterday. Abreu has tripled his home run total in the last two days. He's also got three straight multi-hit games, pulling his average of 212 from the depths to 223 in the span of three days. Does this mean he's out of the hot water? No, not yet, but it's a start. I have faith in the Astros coaching staff and Abreu's status as a veteran hitter with a long track record to get back on track before things really get out of hand. It may be worth it to pick Abreu up to speculate because if he was just a tweak away from rediscovering his swing, then this could be an extended hot stretch that catapults his numbers back into respectable territory. Abreu has never had a full season with fewer than 22 home runs or a 114 WRC+. While his current numbers suggest this is a high-risk move, the payoff will absolutely be worth it. But if you'd like a breakdown of the other notable hitting performances from Saturday, make sure to check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound and look at the notable starting pitching performances from Saturday, starting with Kyle Hendricks in San Francisco as he earned the win, tossing eight scoreless innings, allowing just one hit, a walk, and three strikeouts. He had just six whiffs and a 29% CSW, but he was just four outs shy of a no-hitter. Hendricks was dotting up the Giants, but was getting super lucky on balls in play. That's sort of what he excels at. He is great at inducing weak contact and has been pretty successful in that department through his first four starts this year as well. It's difficult, though, to say whether or not he's back 
back to his old self because he's a pitcher that relies heavily on the location of his pitches and the feel for his changeup. His additional reliance on balls in play means a lot of his success is dependent on the variance of luck. Past his peak now, I wouldn't expect Hendricks to be appealing for more than the occasional stream against a poor offense and taking on the Royals next doesn't spark any excitement in me as a fantasy manager. Rookie Bobby Miller for the Dodgers helped his team to a win in Philadelphia, tossing six scoreless innings, allowing just three hits and three walks while striking out seven. He induced 15 whiffs with a 26% CSW. None of his pitches particularly stood out, but he mixed and matched effectively. His slider led the way with five whiffs and his curves 33% CSW was the highest in his repertoire. And this start continued an impressive stretch to open Miller's time in MLB. No pitcher has ever gotten off to as successful of a start to his major league career as he has. Miller became the only pitcher in ALNL history to go 3-0 with a sub-1 ERA while striking out at least 23 batters and allowing fewer than 15 hits in his first four career games. Sort of a mouthful, but basically Miller has gotten off to an unprecedented start. He'll need to induce more strikeouts to maintain anything close to this pace, but he should fare well in his next matchup versus the rival Giants. Patrick Sandoval was handed the loss versus the Mariners, tossing five innings and allowing 10 hits and five and runs, walking none while striking out eight. He had 20 whiffs and a 39% CSW, which earned him the golden goal though. The 20 whiffs got him the gallows pole for leading baseball in that department and the 39% CSW got him the King Cole for the same reason. The results really didn't match the stuff in this one. Sandoval's changeup was untouchable, inducing 13 whiffs while going for 52% CSW. Unfortunately, his fastball couldn't take advantage of the success of that off-speed pitch. There was a lot of hype surrounding Sandoval heading into 2022 because of his success with the changeup and despite an unspectacular 1.34 whip, he really had a successful campaign. However, he's been unable to carry over his work from last year because of a lack of punch outs. His K rate has dropped more than 6% from last year without any improvements in other departments to make up for it. This start was a good sign that he still has that strikeout ability in him, but he'll need to do more damage with the fastball and have his slider working as well if he wants to have sustained success. Sandoval will still be worth the start in his next outing in Kansas City. And lastly, we have Trevor Richards starting a game for the Blue Jays versus the Twins. The team lost, but it was not because of Richards, who earned a no decision, tossing three scoreless innings, allowing just one hit and one walk, but he struck out seven batters with 16 whiffs and a 45% CSW. That was across just three innings. And Richards was acting as the opener in the first turn through Alec Manoa's vacated rotation spot and surprised absolutely everyone by looking like an ace for a trio of frames. He was ripping off changeups better than anyone, inducing 13 whiffs and a 47% CSW with that pitch, while his fastball wasn't half bad either at 43% CSW. Is this start enough to have the Blue Jays test Richards out in the rotation next time through? I don't think so. While he's found plenty of success this year with one of the best offseed pitches in baseball, inducing weak contact and helping him to a 36.5% strikeout rate, he's just a two-pitch pitcher that hasn't consistently started games since 2019, so the lack of a third pitch would reveal holes in his armor when facing the lineup a second time through. He's a great option in holds or points leagues, but I wouldn't really expect him to be the next big thing in the rotation. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the pitchers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Starting with the saves guys, we had Sam Long secure the A's fourth win in a row. They've won back-to-back series now, which is absolutely unexpected. We also saw Josh Hader lock down his 15th save, Ryan Presley earn his 12th, and Clay Holmes secure his eighth save. Andre Jackson also got a save for the Dodgers, pitching the final three innings for them and a win. And AJ Minter vultured a save with Rysel Iglesias resting. As for our closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, 
we had a lot of them. Devin Williams pitched the ninth inning of a tie ball game. Justin Lawrence pitched the ninth inning with the Rockies down by one. David Robertson pitched the eighth with his team up by three. AJ Puck pitched the ninth after a five run outburst by his offense in the top half. Alexis Diaz had a save opportunity taken from him by a run in the top of the ninth inning. Scott Barlow having not pitched in a week, pitched the eighth down by three in what can be considered a maintenance outing. And lastly, Will Smith and Paul Seawald pitched the ninth inning with their teams up by four. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitching performances from Saturday, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article over on PitcherList.com. And before we look forward to today, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thank you very much, Jake. Well, when we look at today's schedule, we get a couple games that are going to have some thunderstorms around. And the two that look most likely to have some impacts are going to be St. Louis and Atlanta. So we'll have to keep an eye on those games. Also, a quick note, today will be my last day uh, of doing this. So thank you very much. And I hope to see you all sometime in the future. Back to you. Thanks for your insight, Mark. Now we'll look forward to Sunday, June 11th, a day in which we'll have another full slate of 15 games. My matchup of the day is Freddie Peralta versus J.P. Sears. Freddie is great at ripping off insane breaking pitches, and J.P. Sears has surprisingly been really successful across his last few starts, and the A's are on a win streak, which is crazy to say. In terms of probable starters, we have seven guys in the auto start tier, including Freddie Peralta. We also have Shane McClanahan versus the Rangers, Kevin Gaussman versus the Twins, and Zach Gallen in Detroit. Our probably start tier has four guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Braxton Garrett in Chicago. He has a deep repertoire, and the White Sox lineup isn't super scary right now. I'd also keep an eye out for the aforementioned J.P. Sears in Milwaukee, as he's been really successful across his last few starts, and the Brewers lineup is pretty depleted right now. I'd also look at Hayden Wesneski versus the Giants. He's in the do not start tier, so he's sort of a desperate play, but he did show that he had control of his slider last time out, and if he can carry that over into this one, we just saw the Giants nearly get no hit so Wesneski could have some success there in terms of hitter suggestions I'll once again recommend Padres and Rockies hitters and cores because it's the best hitting environment in baseball the Padres are sending out Blake Snell to look for righties on the Rockies and the Rockies are sending out Denelson Lamette so basically just take anybody from the Padres there. I'd also look at Diamondbacks hitters versus Joey Wentz, who has a 7.49 ERA for the Tigers. He's a lefty, so Evan Longoria, Emmanuel Rivera, and Nick Ahmed are all right-handed options I would take a look at for the Diamondbacks. And lastly, we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Ryan Presley has pitched on back-to-back days for the Astros. Brian Abreu should be the next man up, but he threw 26 pitches on Saturday and has gone in three of the last four, so Hector Neris might be the better option there. And lastly, Josh Hader has pitched in consecutive games 
claims for the Padres, but so has setup man Nick Martinez, so Steven Wilson could be the most likely vulture candidate for that team. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff such as myself and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast. Bubble will be back with you on Monday. Monday and throughout the week. Make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.